0: There's a scene in the first Harry Potter movie. You guys all know it. It's Christmas time. The main hall is decked with boughs of holly, and long tables are piled high with the most delicious-looking food, golden turkey drumsticks whipped dunes of mashed potatoes gilded plates of sweet fruit terrines of crispy french fries I mean you could practically smell the feast okay, coming stop, off the screen stop,
1: stop. you're gonna make me hungry
0: <laughs> well don't blame me, blame the movies that make us hungry
1: hey waiter uh, can I have some wings and some whiskey and popcorn
0: Okay, so for this episode, we're leaving the reviews to the side to talk about which movie food scenes make us salivate. But before we get started, we should introduce our dinner guest, Stina Sieg. Welcome to Whiskey and Popcorn. Oh,
2: thank you.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, well, I am a reporter here, KJZZ. I'm also someone who's been watching movies so long that I don't really know, like, where the where my childhood ends and movies begin. Like, they just bleed into each other. You were just born watching movies. I was. I mean, to give you an example, I saw The Fly when it came out in the theater in 1986. Oh, I was man. born in 1983. And you have a vivid memory? That's incredible. Yeah, I started crying, and we had to walk into Harry and the Hendersons.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't blame you. That seat help me is going to get me every time.
1: I would say we have similar backgrounds as to how we were raised.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Free range. Oh, man, man. Well, we've each chosen three films that we think have the most appetizing food scenes. The only rule we gave ourselves is that the food must make us go Yum. So it could be a live action movie or it could be an animation. And since you are our guest, Dina, let's have you start us off with your first foodie movie.
2: Okay. So the first one I'm thinking of is there's this movie from the early 2000s called Waitress. And it's sort of an indie movie. It was directed by Adrienne Shelley. It's the last movie she made before she died. And it's this movie about this woman who makes these heavenly, amazing pies. And they really take you into her brain about how she creates these pies because it's not just like an apple pie it's like uh she'll she'll give them names like i hate my husband's pie you know and so she'll like go into her head about how she's creating it like oh like we'll have like a chocolate base and then we're gonna have a whipped cream top and a whatever like a banana oh no hold the banana you know for the for the i hate my husband pies i hate my husband pie i don't think we can write that on the menu board huh i can't
0: have no affair because it's wrong and i don't want earl to kill me pie Hold the banana. Pregnant, miserable, self pitying loser pie. Flambe, of course.
2: So, I don't know. I find whenever I watch that, it just makes me feel like both hungry, but also like almost a little bit jealous that I can't create confections on the fly like that. Now,
1: is that the movie that the current musical is based off it of? It is, yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah, so. The story is that it's a yes, yeah, this woman and she works at a restaurant and she's kind of like one of those like secretly amazing people who also has this great like pie baking skill and she wants to open her own pie diner. But she's married to like some awful dude and she's like kind of stuck in her small town and her life is reawakened like so many people's lives, but just a torrid affair and then, you know. Of Ooh, pies and Torre de fer. Oh, my I God. Exactly, exactly. So much sugar.
0: Mm, all right, I'm starting to get hungry, but Tuesday, what's your first film? Sure. Uh, so when I was thinking
1: of the three amazing food scenes of my life, a lot were from my childhood. So I went back and I tried to, to do three that was more like throughout my movie-watching career, For my first favorite, we're going back to 1995 with Disney's heavyweights. Uh, Minus some cameos in like half a dozen TV shows and shorts, this is Ben Stiller's first. Yes, I said first debut in a full-length film. So we're picturing some young Ben Stiller in this. Oh, we are.
0: I can see it now. Have either one of you
1: seen this, Jim? Oh my God, I have. Fantastic. Uh, For those who haven't, (laughs) Kaylee. Me, hi. Hello, (laughs) Uh, who haven't had the privilege of this wonderful movie back when Disney was still making amazing non-cartoon films. Uh, Heavyweights is about an all-boys fat camp, and it's called Camp Hope. While this camp has a history of being super fun and also getting weight loss results, finances land the camp in the hands of a wacko ex-fitness instructor named Tony Perkins, a.k.a. Young Ben Stiller. So, long story short, they end up imprisoning Tony and proceed to go on a bonfire food bender, is what I call it. Uh, we're talking about like pizza delivery men with hundreds of pizzas, <laughs> a six foot long sub, s'mores being guzzled down with shots of maraschino cherries oh my uh, while there's fireworks and a bonfire going on around them. I'll take one of those. Party! Hey! Hey!
2: Him?
0: He looks like a human s'more. We oh, got food.
1: I think what I love about this scene is that these boys have gone on like twenty-four mile all day hikes. They've been starved for weeks by this crazy wacko camp leader and just completely belittled. And so all of us kind of want to join in their, their revelry when they finally escape the imprisonment of this horrible man.
0: You know, you describing that, and yes, I haven't seen this movie, but it's kind of reminding me of that moment in Matilda with the chocolate cake, oh, yeah. yep. and oh, it's yeah. just like that liberating moment of that kid, and he's like triumphantly eating the cake by the end. That's what it's kind of sounding like to me. Well,
1: and it's very similar, because come morning sunshine, they all feel awful and you know (laughs) have I done yeah and it's very much like a have you now seen the weight of your decisions like yes we had fun but clearly there's a line that can't be crossed (laughs) and I think we've all been through that where it's like oh I'm on a diet and there's a pizza and now I'm not (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so yeah I mean you also can completely relate to the guys and being like no that really sucked
0: like that that feeling of heaviness and uh, just sinking feeling but it was like it's totally worth it oh yeah
2: now i don't know if either of you guys you guys were fat kids at any point like as little guys but um I feel like when you talk to people who were fat kids, like I was a fat kid for a certain point of time, it's like when people talk about their fat kid time, it's like an alcoholic talking about how much fun it used to be to like go on Benders. Completely. Yeah, and be like, oh, man, when I was in seventh grade and my lunch was only like three Snickers and a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's oh, those I,
0: good old days. Yeah. That's how I feel. Sounds like, I, it's
2: like like today. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's what I feel like when I'm thinking about that scene. It's like the good old days of just, like, letting it all hang out, you know? Well, and several of my friends have talked about being,
1: like, recovering fat kids. Oh, my God, yes. Where it's yes. like, oh, no, you're always that fat kid. You might be in a skinny body now, but you were always that fat kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) like just horrible stories. And they're like, I was 250 pounds. And then I finally shot up six foot and I was perfect. And I mean, like, come on, those times were awkward for all of us. (laughs) We all have horror stories. But I was also stick thin and I was ostracized all the time because I could have like two slices of pizza, a Snickers bar and a soda for lunch. And I'm not going to gain an ounce. So I had that fantastic time, um, but now I'm, it's definitely catching up to me. <laughs> so. All the Snickers. Uh, oh.
2: Now I really want pizza. Can we just talk for one second about how mean those kids are to Ben Stiller? Like he clearly has like a mental illness and he's talking to himself like like he's he's worried. he's like, oh, God, it's all falling apart, which I think we've all had that thought as an adult. Right. Like and those kids have no idea what he's talking about because they don't know what it feels like to be in control and having it all slip out of their fingers. Like Like, adult life is really hard. Yeah, I think they're unfair to him. I think that
0: that's the most terrifying thing. It was just like as a control freak myself, not having control over my life in any aspect, I'm going to freak out. I, that, this is why I, I don't do well with young children.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you should see this movie. I think yeah. that you're going to side with Ben still.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually
1: own the DVD. I had to special order it. Oh, movie night college, at yeah. your house. Yeah. Yep,
0: Perfect. All right. So uh, with my first movie, when I first started actually thinking about this topic, immediately, without losing a beat, the Robin Williams, Peter Pan movie, Hook, came to mind. It's that scene where all the Lost Boys, they're getting ready to have dinner and they're sitting down on these really long tables. They're passing out the plates. They're bringing out these steaming pots with lids and they're, they're just covered in, you could just like, oh my gosh, I'm anticipating it. It looks so good, what's in the pot? And Robin Williams, you know, he's really yucking it up because that's his, that's his thing. And everybody is going mm, down the row of the table. And then, you know, it's time to say grace. Everybody say grace. Bless this, O oh Lord.
2: Grace!
0: They open all the pots, and they're empty. All my favorite and
1: many apples and bananas.
0: I remember as a kid feeling so crushed, just like, oh oh my gosh, you built this up. I was so excited and there's nothing in there. I'm like right there with Robin Williams. But then, you know, the most amazing thing happens is that he starts using his imagination and this incredible feast appears. And like there's turkeys and lamb chops and these pies that I'm not even sure what they're made out of, but they're like red and blue, like whipped something. Yeah, but they're like not even natural
1: colors in Mm -hmm. nature. These are like crazy neon blue pie. Like, I am like you. I vividly remember the scene. And, you
0: know, it's like whatever my five-year-old self going, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I want to eat that. That electric blue confection that he just scoops his hand in. I just want to be in that. And, of course, you know, they end up having that amazing food fight. But it's, like, totally worth it. It just looks so, so good. Well, and it's hard because— Little kid me is like,
1: oh, we should have this spread every night. And adult me looks at the table and goes, do you know how much that entire table costs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that thought when I watched that movie. <laughs> so I'm like, it's all in your imagination. Mm-hmm. So, you know, n- nobody's picking up the tab. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I could just smell the food on that table oh, in yeah. that scene. Oh, yeah. And it was delicious. Like, I'm salivating now, even just thinking about it. <laughs>
2: I just rewatched this because I actually never saw Hook as a child. Really? Yeah, I think it's because it, it, I don't think it got great reviews in in its day, and so me being whatever, like. I'm nine. I've whatever. I got tastes. Like I didn't see it, <laughs> and my dad was like completely uninterested in seeing it. And he was like my ticket to the movies. But I, I would just rewatch it, and I just saw them all the space, the object work the kids are doing with like the non-existent food. Um, yes. So good because they're like seven, and they're like, oh, I'm clearly whatever eating a lamb chop. You're like, wow, eating the corn. Yes. Oh. Yes. 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 Oh my god! And whatever that kid, <laughs> the the big thing he bites into, like right. I don't know, it's, it's great. It
1: Doesn't even matter. It doesn't
2: even <laughs> And <laughs> matter but he's like chewing the giant oh my god oh no the, I, <laughs> so much it's so
1: much fun as
2: someone who's bad at, at object work and <laughs> improv I'm like super impressed
1: and I, and it's it was definitely one of those ones where they came out and they're like oh another Peter Pan movie and then it ended up going down as a legend in the Robin Williams like grand scheme of movies this was a lot of my childhood that one really
0: is like my favorite robin williams movie and i think for me because as a young kid like i really loved the peter pan story like Mm. the disney peter pan and the idea of like i get to escape my parents and go to some fun island really spoke to me so when hook came out i was all about it i thought that was the great greatest thing ever so and none of us want
1: never none of us want to grow up and we want to have fun every day and maybe that's chasing pirates or it's something else but i mean just giant feasts yeah just the storyline for peter pan anyway is just amazing
0: absolutely all right so moving on to our next picks so stina what is next on your list
2: uh the next thing i'm thinking about it's no specific scene it's just basically every single scene in a movie called big night this is like mid-1990s, it's Stanley Tucci, and it's, like, so good. It's also the dude from Monk. I can't remember his name. They're, like, Italian brothers. They own an Italian restaurant in New York City, and it's the 50s. And so they just create these fabulous Italian meals throughout the whole movie. And then the, the whole conceit of the film is that their business is failing, and they're having this one final like, giant meal where they've invited Louis Prima, and they're hoping he's going to come, whatever. And so they just have, like, scene after scene of them making this amazing Italian food. And there's scenes of people eating it, and when they're eating it, you'll hear, you'll see, like, these orgasmic looks on their faces. And one of my favorite moments is they have all these courses throughout this movie.
1: This is the green one that my brother has made especially. You, this is the pesto. this is uh, regular risotto, and this is the
2: seafood. And everyone's like getting really full. And you see this once in the air, just sort of like whoosh. you see, they're, they're doing the exhale you do when you've eaten uh, as much as you should eat, right? Before you go back for like the coup de gras, And um, and that's when they bring out like the entree, mm-hmm. they bring out like the giant, like roast pig or whatever.
1: <laughs> so, are we talking like sausages and like piles
2: of pasta and definitely piles of pasta I don't know if there was I can't even remember what it's like there's piles of pasta and there's like this one special like pasta it's almost like a giant pasta casserole that's like so beautiful and like you have like Stanley Tucci's like touching it to make sure it's okay and like (laughs) I think they even kiss it they're like oh Oh
0: god I just remember because I was looking at clips and like the red sauce on the pasta Mm -hmm. and I just was like yes can I pour, pour a little more on Oh, there. carb overload Man. yeah it's love so it. worth it
2: and also a super it's mini drivers in the movie too like before she became a big deal really yeah it's like so this is it might be right about the time right before gross Point blank okay so you get to see mini driver in the beginning of her mini driverness
1: <laughs> I love yeah I love their starter movies is what I call them like when they're when they're getting there but they're not quite there yet and it's like oh they're so young and and innocent
0: <laughs> okay so tuesday movie number two for you
1: okay we are going to the greece diner scene so they're all kind of piling in slowly but surely and you just hear them ordering and it gets you salivating so we've got john travolta He's not that hungry, so he wants a double double burger with everything. cherry soda with some chocolate ice cream. Uh, we've also have a Eskimo pie, and whatever mm. a dog sled delight is mm. is also ordered. I mean, come on, not to mention at one point Rizzo actually throws a yummy like strawberry shake into Kenickie's face, which he completely deserves. what not be
0: kids. kids.
2: Oh, uh, cherry soda, please. Danny.
0: Oh, I'm not very hungry. Just uh, give me double a polar burger with everything and a cherry soda with chocolate ice cream, okay?
2: Ooh, that sounds good. All oh, the same.
1: same? You can eat a lot of huh? But what is really wrong with any diner scene? You just got the old school, like, greasy cheeseburgers, and, I mean, it just made me want to go to, like, Five and Diner.
2: Gosh, five and diners are those even around anymore? Totally, totally. I haven't seen one in a while. They're they're one of those places you go after you've been drinking because they don't have alcohol there. Oh, so you have to you have to like you go soak up the alcohol. Yeah, I just watched this scene and I got a little angry. Got a little angry. Mostly because when she throws that milkshake, it's like clearly not a milkshake. No. And it makes me remember that, like, in every scene I've ever seen of a milkshake being thrown, it's never a milkshake. It's like this watery, pink milk. And it's like the person reacts. If if you really had a milkshake thrown to you, it'd be really cold. you'd be like, oh. Yep. And also, they'd be like chunky. You'd see ice cream. Mm? Nope. This is just sort of a, a thin, sort of liquidy
1: what? paint. And what's interesting is at no time does any of them order a milkshake. They all order cherry sodas in the scene. Like I went back and checked. Absolutely none of them order them at so, any time. So where's the flying milkshake come from? Right. And all of them have one. And. We also speak about the fact that like 45 seconds after they order it, all the food shows up. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm like, this is there. amazing. Dreams so it's do come true. Right. It's a completely irrational scene, which I mean, Greece in general. I mean, <laughs> we have beauty school dropout right after the oh. scene. So, like, <laughs> you know, we're setting it up for success here. But yeah, it's I think it was that's the first thing that popped into my head was like, oh, diner food. And having a night out drinking, you go to Denny's or you go to, like, the Five and Diner, and it's just, like, the place where you chill out and sober up and then you can go home. And I definitely have those times in, like, my undergrad career where I was like, oh, oh, let's go someplace that's open at 2 in the morning. (laughs) And so maybe that's what, like, I'm thinking about is, like, oh, yeah, I just want a double-double and some chocolate ice cream, and that's completely
2: okay at any diner uh, and can I just say that the diner situation is pretty good in Phoenix because mm-hmm. we you have five in diner, you also have like you know you have places like welcome Diner it's only open till two, but still pretty good you know oh, yeah, and then you've got all these uh fast food Mexican joints that are open all night mm-hmm. that is not yeah that is not <laughs> normal that is not what the rest of the country has like we are in a very special Mexican food uh oh, experience yeah. here well, and
1: I live. It was super near McAlpine's mm-hmm. in uptown, downtown-ish. Uh, and, I mean, just going there and getting a tuna melt and, like, a mm. milkshake. And it's just like, oh, it's so old school and fun. Like, I think that's what I like is it's just that old school diner feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm
0: thinking about this now, like, I have a special relationship with Filiberto's at 2 a.m. <laughs> yep. On Saturday mornings. Uh, Saturday, Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. uh, depending. Yeah, It's just, there's nothing, like a giant plate of carne asada mm-hmm. fries Oh, I was hoping
2: you were gonna say that <laughs> smothered in guac and mm-hmm. sour cream cheese just I, everywhere I'm
1: gonna say there's a few times when Kaylee and I go out where we don't stop at Filiberto's sometime during the night if so. we don't pay
0: homage to Filiberto's then something is up you did the night wrong exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> all right who is up next is that you that is me. So I decided to go with animation for my next pick. And I had to really think about this because, I mean, you could go with like Disney and like Beauty and the Beast um, and think about the food scene there or, you know, even with all the computer animated films. And I'm thinking about um, like there were some food scenes in Moana that were looked pretty good with like the coconuts and the the pineapple. And it's like pretty legit. But The real master of animated food is Hayao Miyazaki, the amazing uh, Japanese filmmaker. And every one of his films features food, but I think my favorite scene is in Howl's Moving Castle. It's like right at the beginning of the movie, you have our lead heroine who wanders into this crazy castle that walks and moves, and it's kind of run by this mysterious guy. And there are all sorts of weird spirits in it, and one of them is this demon fire. He's Basically lives in the fireplace, and he's just a flame with a face, and he does not allow anybody to use him for cooking unless it's his owner. So the heroine Sophie finds some bacon and eggs, and is like, "Well, I'm going to make breakfast." And the fire's like, "Hell no, you're not!" But of course, in Japanese, <laughs> and she starts putting this together. She basically shoves this pan into the fire's mouth and starts frying up bacon and eggs. But it's like these gorgeously rendered. Fat pieces of bacon. And they're just, you know, the sound effects of it sizzling as it hits Aww. the pan. And then she cracks the eggs into the pan. You could just see. And the the way the eggs just fall from the shell into the pan. And this is animation. And I'm like, this looks as good as the real thing. Oh, yeah. And I w- I rewatched it again because it's just so pretty. The food in animated movies, in anime specifically, is just, it's beautiful. It's like still life on stage steroids <laughs> like I don't know if you guys ever had to take like art classes do drawing and like you had to do still lifes forever I hated it but I can see now their worth oh yeah of knowing how to draw yeah. good food and there's something about
1: animated films where I think they are very precise and what they're showing you and what they're really drawing out because they have to draw these things out and in standard films you'll you know you'll have the panning of the forest and it's beautiful but with animation, they're just I, they they're almost more meticulous about how they are portraying things or food or people mm-hmm. and their facial features and you know the sizzling of the bacon. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's, it is very specific attention to detail, just like you said. Yeah. You know, but the funny thing I've come across as I was kind of, like, looking on this topic is that there are cookbooks out there based on anime movies. No way. Of course there are. (laughs) So there's, like, you know, oh, here's the recipe from Spirited Away, the uh, ramen bowl or what have you. (laughs) And funnily enough, I was looking for clips for this, and there is this gal. Her name is Kristen Lagman. And she does a recipe videos, A to Z, all Studio Ghibli food. And so she does this bacon and egg scene, like teaches you how to make it. It's like super simple. And I'm like, look, it looks just like the animation. (laughs) Oh my God. Hello, it's Kristen and welcome back to my channel for the letter B in the A to Z Ghibli food series We're making the bacon and eggs breakfast from the movie Howl's Moving Castle. This recipe is pretty straightforward You're going to want some thick That's awesome. Yeah, you anime you
1: anime nerds have a certain subculture that Oh my god, so
0: many subcultures (laughs) And I'm like a baby anime person like I'm just now getting into it this this year. So I'm like way behind on all this. But there's so
2: many dishes to make in that
0: cookbook. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to start bringing some potluck stuff in just on this stuff
2: next Friday, man. Oh, that's right!
0: Oh my gosh, I'm not far. I'll swing by at any time. Oh, you totally should.
1: You totally should. We ba- always have way more bacon than...
0: and eggs. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are going to. Everyone wants
1: for for lunch cold. Yeah. You're going to adopt me in. I'm just going to act like I work here.
0: Yeah, you, you
2: might as well.
0: All right, so we are nearing the end here of our foodie fantastic adventure. So we're on to film number three. Stina, what do you have for us?
2: Okay, so when I saw. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, in the theater, as was mandated by law, if you were a child, in 1990, I think, is when it came out. I'm not sure. But I was really young. And um, so it's the storyline is uh, these kids are shrunk at for some, somehow, because their dad's a scientist, and somehow they accidentally shrink themselves, or he shrinks them, or I'm not sure. But they end up in their yard, and there's three of them, and they're kind of just like like wandering through the yard, trying to find their way back to the house, and they they encounter all these terrifying things, like a giant scorpion, like I don't know why there's a scorpion in the middle of the suburbs. But then finally, they wander across a cookie, like a giant oreo. Oreo looking, but yeah. Cookie. But since it's a movie, it's going to be an off-brand. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's called Morio. Um, so they find it, and they're so hungry, and they just start eating it. And what's really great is that it's got like you know it's got the chocolate, whatever kind of chalkiness, but it's made of foam. Uh, and then the inside is like actual. It's like whipped cream, even though you know the inside of an Oreo is definitely not whipped cream. It should be. It should be. I know. And so when you see that, and you see them like pawing into this whipped cream you're like oh my god that's all i want it's like such a childhood dream to come across a gigantic whipped cream filled cookie and you just get to go into it and even the characters in the movie are like kids at school are not gonna believe this (laughs) and they're just like covered in like sugar can you imagine how much fun that scene must have been to film oh my god i want it you know whatever they were
1: eating tasted awful but they act so well in it and i mean who doesn't what kid doesn't want like a what 10 times their body size
2: completely cookie? yeah it totally makes up for the fact that their friend that aunt was killed by the scorpion oh, oh. r.i.p aunt i still miss him <laughs> spoiler alert sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: if you haven't seen honey i shrunk the kids we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: no but i absolutely i distinctly remember that and i remember them sleeping in a lego Yep. Oh yep. yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, Those no- are
1: like the two scenes I remember very <laughs> yeah. distinctly. Because of course I yeah. wanted huge Oreo and sleeping at like Lego. Legos are so connected to your childhood. Oh my god. Into the bottom of your foot. Yep. <laughs> when you yeah. <laughs> oh, the pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. That was a good one. Okay. I yeah. Uh, I have to agree. Yeah. I yeah. That didn't even come into the forefront, but now that we're recalling it, it's absolutely so want brilliant. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, for my last one, we are doing Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts. We are going to do a little clip because they have a nice little conversation here.
2: I'm in love. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. You look like you're breaking up with the pizza. What's the matter? I can't. I mean, you can't. This is pizza margarita and Napoli. It is your moral imperative to eat and enjoy that pizza. I want to, but I've gained like 10 pounds. I mean, I've got this right here in my tummy. You know, this what to call, what's the word for it? A muffin top.
1: You know, pizza margarita in Napoli, Italy. I have been fortunate enough in my life to have pizza in Italy. And it's almost like having fish and chips in England. Once you've had pizza in Italy, pizza is literally ruined for you the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Because I will never have the pizza and the amazing wine like I did in Italy.
0: I feel like I I could say that about Chinese food. Okay? Like yeah. I had real what I real Chinese food, which is not this super slos- saucy smothered goop stuff that we get oh, but here that's in the what US. I, like. I know we do. <laughs> Not
2: the emergency. I want the Chinese. Panda Express in the airport. <laughs> I cried when I came back to the US and I had to eat Panda. I was like, this is a Chinese movie <laughs> You were tied down and forced to eat Panda Express in customs. <laughs> I was like this is so bad.
0: But um, so I could totally identify with that. And you're right, that whole movie is just incredible, and, and I love her little food scenes. Uh, just Julia Roberts just spooning in spaghetti into her mm-hmm. mouth Well, and you is know, like a work of art. You know, in Everyday Life, Julia Roberts never eats a carb,
1: so I don't think that these scenes are overacted whatsoever. I think she's literally basking in the fact that she gets to eat <laughs> carbs on screen, because you know that girl doesn't eat carbs outside of filming. Never. So, in particular, I really like the conversation that we just listened to, because... You know, they're talking about, oh, you know, I've gained 10 pounds since April or whatever it is, and basically just talking about, like, who cares? Have you ever had a guy in your room and you get naked and they leave? No. They're just <laughs> happy that they have an awesome naked woman in their room, and they don't care if you have a little muffin top or this and that. And, you know, she's so sweet and just being like, well, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to go buy bigger jeans, but now we're eating this pizza and we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> And I think that it, it's a conversation that sadly comes up in everyday life for women and how we have to count calories and always feel bad about stuffing our face or eating too much or, you know, or how is this perceived? And, oh, is my friend skinnier than I am? And that that whole and it's, the, the scene is just incredibly relatable.
0: Yeah. Very true to life. OK, so my last movie, I have only seen it once. And I saw it years ago in my middle school French class. Mm. And it has stuck with me through all these years. I mean, it's been like something close to 15 years or something uh, since I've been in middle school. But you've never rewatched it? I've never rewatched wow. it. It's it's an old movie. It came out in 1987, a Babette's Feast. And it's a Danish film. Why we were watching it in my French class is a little <laughs> bit questionable But there is French in the movie. Um, So so let me break down the story for you. So it's about these three women. So there's these two kind of older sisters, elderly sisters, who live in like this remote nowhere part of Denmark. And they end up taking in this young woman who's French. She is some sort of refugee. And this is set in the 19th century. So Mm. pre electricity they're it's not like they're super rich or anything and um it's almost kind of like a little bit of a Cinderella story because they bring in Babette and they can't afford to like pay her, so she just kind of becomes this sort of indentured servant, their cook and housekeeper, and just takes care of these old ladies and at some point in the film, Babette decides that she's gonna make the the little ladies and like their community of friends a real French dinner and so I mean just kind of like you're talking with Italy, mm-hmm. you know, authentic food, authentic French cooking happens in this movie. It's almost like watching Julia Child's cook right in front of you but in Danish. Yeah, cuz that makes complete sense. It okay. makes it makes complete sense. But you know there there's these scenes it it's interesting and I'm I'm wondering if it's because it's Danish or if it's because it was 1987, but it's not like very ostentatious camera work with the food it's not overly sensual no food porn is happening here the food just kind of is and it Mm. still looks beautiful in its simplicity what what does a authentic French cuisine look like Um, well you got some lots of bread bacon bread scenes Mm -hmm. golden coming right out of the oven Um, a lot of wine drinking in the kitchen as mm-hmm. well as out in the mm-hmm. dining room. And like she even makes the wine look good. I'm like, "Oh, I want to have some of that." A lot of cheese being sliced into these perfect little triangle wedges that you can just kind of scoop the soft cheese mm-hmm. out of. Just yes, do it. Mm-hmm. And then she's got all these jars of like cranberry jam with like the big mm-hmm. cranberries still in there. And then she has this, like, bundt cake that uh, she puts, like, these cute, like, little leaf, I don't know if they're sugar leaves or something on them, surrounded by fruit. And then she, like, pours this, like, looks like maple syrup in the middle Mm. and, like, puts in this beautiful, like, candied rose or something in it. And I'm just kind of going, oh, my gosh. And then there's, like, lamb chops and and these chicken Cornish hen things that are just dripping in juices and sauce. And I'm, like, I'm making it sound a lot more sensual than it is. But, <laughs> you know, the, the camera work was very simple. And it, it's funny because with these Danes, they're, like, very straight-laced and kind of uptight, if you will. And they're eating this food, and they're, like... They're, like, having these moments with the food, and they're trying to, like, not express it because it's, like, not polite. Think of, like, Puritans or something, like, encountering orgasmic food or something. <laughs> I think about that a lot, yeah.
2: it's, it's
0: like that. It's, so there's these really funny comedic moments, but Babette is, like, bringing her French culture to these Danes. After being a slave. After being a slave them. in their okay. house, yeah, like a Cinderella situation. <laughs> it's it's a very strange movie, and like I said, I haven't seen it in something like fifteen years, so I probably missed stuff because I was, you know, middle schooler in French class. But those food scenes I was like, I'm so hungry. Oh man, it's it's a something else kind of movie. If if you're looking for a funky foreign film that's food related, Babette's Feast <laughs> is your ticket.
1: Guys, on that note, do you want to go out to dinner? Are, are you paying?
0: That's all right. We'll go Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Well, that's it for our foodie episode. I want to say a special thank you to Stina for joining us in this conversation. It was great to be here. We love having you. We hope we can have you back again for future fun movie
2: convos. Oh man! As long as we get to talk about um, you know crazy whipped cream billowy food again, then I'm (laughs) I'm all in. Fantastic. And, of course,
0: I'm Kaylee. She's Tuesday. And this is Whiskey and Popcorn. Thanks for listening.